Across the Park podcast is proud to be sponsored by Globe Gas and Heating. For the best kitchen and bathroom renovations, boiler servicing and repair, and central and underfloor heating in the Northwest, head over to globecentralheating.com and quote Across the Park for a free quote. It was Christmas Eve and us dedicated podcasters are back again to preview Everton versus Manchester City, the big game which is going to happen on the 27th, which is quite cool. It means we get Boxing Day off or maybe uncool for some who like to go to the pub, smelling of Lynx Africa and have their Boxing Day away from the kids. We're going to get into it. My name is Ian Mills from Across the Park Podcast. Join once again for this hat-trick appearance on the show. We're going to have to send you a soccerette because you do one, but you had to. It's the JSGC Manchester City fan channel. Happy Christmas, Peter. Thanks, thanks for joining us. How are you? No problem. Happy Christmas to you. Yeah, I'm very well. Thank you. As you said, I think uh, from the content uh, side of things, I think we're pretty happy uh, that we're not playing Boxing Day, that we get an extra day off uh, and we get to go on the 27th. But the football traditionalist inside of me thinks Saturday, three o'clock when this game should be. But uh, swings and roundabouts, swings and roundabouts. Yeah, I, th- I think I'm used to it now. It, it's, it's there's been that much fixture changes throughout the year with all mm, the team, as yeah. the more TV deals happen. I think Amazon coming in has just changed it again. So uh, it yeah. would be nice. I agree. Three PM on Boxing Day, especially a, lo- a local derby, if you will, where I, I imagine a lot of your fans mm-hmm. would yeah. have made train journey over and stuff from Boxing Day. But twenty seventh, not bad on the night at Goodison Park, and, and Goodison Park is not sure whether you know. Um, just said that next season will be the final season, so one of the last will, games yes. under the lights at Goodison, really. So yeah. always, always special. Uh, I want to yes, talk a little bit about. Go on, sorry. I said I've just done my preview sorted this morning, um, and I'm just going through my little facts for the opposition and looking at Everton uh, and looking at the ground and the fact that you've been at Goodison Park since is 1892. So mm. it's a very historic ground that uh, it will be a great shame for Everton to leave it, and for the fans it will be very emotional. But I, I also think it's a bit of a blow uh, to English football losing such a traditional historic ground. It's a sad day when we left Main Road. It will be a very sad day for when you lo- uh, leave Goodison Park as well. Yeah, and you guys have, have gone through that, haven't you? Where, where mm-hmm. Main Road was, was such a an emotional venue for you guys. I, I know City fans now who, who still talk about Main Road and they get emotional. It was such a big part of, of growing up. I think the area, it's a working class area, City very similar to Everton, a very working class you know, fan base mm-hmm. who, who, who work all week, go to the game and, and it's part of their life. So, uh, yeah, it is, it's going to be tough. I, I don't live too far away from Goodison, so I drive past it going to work every day and, and i dread the day i drive past it and it's and it's not there um but it's no longer guys, home yeah it'll be a sad day it'll be a very sad day well you're, you're probably one of the big examples of 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 moving yeah. successfully in, into into such a, an amazing new ground and, and everything that comes with it so you guys are probably the shining beacon of, of what can happen so fingers crossed we don't ever this up but i do want to talk a little bit <laughs> before we get into it about about city um, yeah. What you, what we do in these podcasts, as you know, is it's probably a lot of Everton fans who more Everton fans who are going to watch this and want to hear about City. Mm-hmm. What we hear about City is mainstream. We don't hear what the City mm-hmm. fans think. So, on the naked eye, how the hell am I the City fifth? One win in six Premier League games. We can't seem to hold on to leads. Uh, yeah. There's a whole. There's a, I could sit here for the next 
30 minutes and talk to you about things that have been potentially going wrong at Manchester City. If I want to do a little short summary, uh, we win the treble on the June 10th, 2023. Uh, a lot of our fans, and I think it's started to filter through to the players as well, they've called it, we've completed football and yeah. we need to go above and beyond to find that <laughs> motivation. City have taken the chance in the summer to let Riyad Mahrez, Emerick Laporte and Ilkay Gundogan, three fantastic world-class mm. football players, leave the club uh, and bring in some fresh new players. And when you, you bring any new player into a club, in particular if you're bringing them in from uh, a foreign league, it takes time for them to adapt. And yeah. it just so happened that when we brought in the likes of Jeremy Doku and we've uh, signed Mateus Nunes and Mateo Kovacic, two of them come from the Premier League, I'd expect them to really hit the ground running and uh, only recently over the last two or three games have we really started to see a little bit more from Kovacic and a little bit more from, from Nunes um, that we've, we've really felt that impact of not having someone like Ilkay Gundogan in our midfield taking a Kevin De Bruyne injury as well at the beginning of the season of we've not seen him since uh, all of a sudden you take away the heart of Manchester City's midfield uh, you take away the motivation side of things and you're left with City just picking up the pieces. Now, I don't necessarily think we're playing too badly. We are scoring goals. We are managing to put ourselves into a, a winning position. The fact that we led three times against Chelsea away and dropped points in a 4 all draw. Uh, we go into a match against Liverpool. We lead. We manage that game really well. Right up until the 80th minute, Liverpool did nothing in that game. Come forward, one Trent Alexander-Arnold shot. To come away with a point, that point could be massive at the end of the season. We lead against Spurs as well. We drop more points. We led 2-0 against Crystal Palace a couple of weeks ago. We've dropped more points. Lost against Aston Villa as well. They just don't know how to hold on to a lead. And we're not managing the situation correctly. And we're lacking a little bit of leadership on the pitch as well. Because Gundogan was our captain last season. He's always been a big game player in the big moments. You need your big game players. Gundogan was that kind of player that did it for City. We haven't got that anymore and we've not had the players stepping up to the plate. Uh, we pick up some poor results. The uh, players' confidence and heads drop. The fans get onto the back and I'm always going to back the team, but I've seen other City fans that have been out there that have really got onto the back of the players uh, mm -hmm. and said some things that uh, just, I think, just made things very frustrating, frustrating enough that, Kyle Walker's come out in public and said things about Manchester United that's not gone down well with the City fans by saying that their United's treble was better than City's. This is City's captain that's saying these things. Guardiola after the Liverpool game saying there's no atmosphere in the stadium. Mm. Uh, the fans aren't turning up. I think things have just been lost in translation because uh, people always say it's the empty hat. There's empty seats everywhere. But uh, over the last two years or so, it's become more and more difficult to get hold of tickets at Manchester City. Even our match against Huddersfield Town in the FA Cup is on the verge of a sellout. It's a game that a few years ago uh, just wouldn't be close to a sellout. So the demand's yeah. there. The fans are turning up, yet they continue, the, the players and the coaches, to turn a blind eye to things. And there just seems to be a bit of a separation happening between the hardcore City fans and the club. And we're just, we're, we're kind of 
morphing into what Manchester United and Liverpool have become with uh, the, 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 the core support has been taken away from the club and being priced out and you're replacing them with, with neutrals and tourists who are just here for, for the one game and it's, it's, it's just not helping the atmosphere, it's not helping the club um, and, and it's just kind of descending away from there so things aren't perfect at City right now. And that, that's that's strange because when you won the Champions League and I watched that on a Saturday evening and I just thought, probably similar to what you've just said there, I just thought, they've clocked it. That's what a team. Like, am I watching the best team that I've ever watched? Arguably, yes. You know, I can understand my Arsenal fans and maybe some United fans would, would argue against that. Um, but I don't know, from the outside looking in, one player you named there, Gundogan. Now, when I seen that you were letting him go and again I don't know the details what I think I know is, is there was something to do with the length of contract he was being offered and he, and he wasn't quite happy with that yeah. I think Guardiola wanted to keep him from the outside looking at that it, talk to me about the decision or the fans reaction to the decision to, to let Gundogan go and, and, and just how, how how important or how big of a loss has he been I think we all we all recognised as fans just how important Ilkay Gundogan is to the club. Now, believe it or not, there's a lot of entitled Manchester City fans out there who have had their fair share of criticising Ilkay Gundogan, which I couldn't believe. There were people out there who said he offered very little to Manchester City. Uh, he's an outstanding player, absolutely outstanding. And when you've got a player who is offers so much to the team, who's got that leadership quality, who knows how to win and knows how to score them goals. I'm sorry, but Manchester City should be doing a lot more to keep hold of him. Ilkay Gundogan uh, has single-handedly helped Manchester City overcome Aston Villa to win the Premier League, when it yeah. looked like all hope had been lost uh, yeah. back in 2022. Uh, and I called for it at the time and I said Ilkay Gundogan, no matter how long he wants on his contract, for what he's done for Manchester City should be given that contract. He's yeah. taken up doing his coaching badges whilst he was in this final year of his City contract. Uh, City have offered him a new deal. They were only willing to give him 12 months. I thought it was a disgrace just to offer him 12 months. If Ilkay Gundogan's earned the right, if he wants two years with the option of a third, which is what Barcelona offered him, then Manchester City have to <coughs> meet him and give in, give in to his demands for what he's achieved at Manchester City. Ilkay Gundogan wanted to stay in Manchester and wanted to stay at Manchester City. But he's just had a child with his, I'm not sure if it's his girlfriend or his wife. He wants that long-term uh, yeah. reassurance for, for, yeah. for his job. Yeah, he wants that. And Manchester City were only willing to offer him a 12-month rolling contract. And City are normally very good at finding the right moment to let players go because Ilkay Gundogan's uh, going into his 30s. He started doing his coaching badges. He's getting towards the end of his career. And City are thinking, we need to freshen up our midfield. And I don't have too much of a problem with that. But we've not replaced him. We've brought in other central midfielders who can do something a little bit different but it's going to take a little bit of time for them to work it through so i mean city in the summer they wanted declan rice they wanted jude bellingham yeah. uh, they pulled out the race to sign both of them players and settled on mateo kovacic now i like kovacic i think he's a good player but the set for me on the cheap option signing for what 25 30 million pounds mm. for someone to replace someone as good as ilkay gundogan you've got to go out there and either keep him or you've got to go out there and spend big to replace him and it just leaves a bit of taste in my mouth that I see Jude Bellingham 
doing things at Real Madrid that's absolutely unbelievable. And I look at Declan Rice at Arsenal and seeing what he's doing for them. And he's yeah. making a tremendous difference because not only is it not strengthened City, it's now strengthened Arsenal for the Premier League and Real Madrid for the Champions League, two of the big competitions that City should be competing for. It's, yeah, it, from the outside looking in, it, that's probably my summary of it. When I seen Declan Rice going to Arsenal, why aren't City in forum? When I seen Jude Bellingham going to Real Madrid, why aren't City in forum? When I see you let Ilkay Gundogan go, why is City letting Gundogan go? And I'm like that from the outside looking in. It's 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 unbelievable, and I think that there's a whole manner of reasons why we find ourselves fifth and we're we're chasing the the rest of the pack for the Premier League. But I, I do believe that the summer window that we had was not very good and that is part of the reason why we find ourselves where we are the motivation of the players as well because they've been there done that won literally everything i mean they just showed it at the club world cup that we just won we played urara of uh, japan won three nil kept a clean sheet played well we played fluminense the copa libertadores champions finished seventh in the brazilian league won four nil we made short work of it when they're motivated they can play very well it's still there they're still capable that's without erlin halland without Jeremy Doku, without Kevin De Bruyne. So I ask, if they're motivated, they can do it. I don't think that motivation's there so far this season. That's fair. And when I was watching Match of the Day last night and I saw the league table, and I think they made a point of saying, it's still in City's hands. The results, yes, they helped you. Mm -hmm. And then if you, if you win the second set of fixtures, that you've all got to play each other again. City win the league. Yeah. You've just you've just touched upon World Club Champions. Congratulations for that. So thank you very it's, much. It's it's strange to to, to to be saying how it shows the the level that you're at for that to still be the case for it to be in your hands, World Champions, and and to still say people are shocked by the performance this season. It shows the level. I do want to get into the game that we're going to play. Um, my personal mm -hmm. belief is it's not probably a bad time to play City. I'm sure you might Perfect have an opinion. Time to play us. Yeah, you might have an opinion Perfect on that. Time. But I just want to ask you. One thing that does link us together is charges, allegations. Um, <laughs> what's happened to us is, is we've been found guilty. We went into this and we held yep. our hands up. We got, in my yep. opinion, a very, very severe punishment, which our fans mm -hmm. have rebelled against. From the city side of things, lots of noise about 115 charges. When you see the severity of a punishment for one charge, does that make mm -hmm. you worry? Um, I've never been, I'm not worried about the charges. Um, I listen not so much to what the Premier League say. I listen to what Manchester City say. And a lot of these charges are, are what UEFA went for us as well. When we were found guilty by them, we took them to uh, CAS and we managed to overturn the decision. And then people were just kind of nitpicking around the result by saying City weren't cooperating. Uh, I don't know the ins and outs of these charges. I don't know the ins and outs of are we guilty or are we innocent? My stance has always been very crystal clear on this, and that is if City have done wrongdoing, Manchester City should correctly be punished for that because it isn't yeah. fair. Now, my next question to you, you and you'll say you'll know this uh, from, from your from your charge and your punishment, is is it fair? Because they want to make an example, and, and for me, the Premier League just want to make it look like they're they've got their all the I's dotted and the T's crossed. They, they want to look like they've got everything in order, and they don't. They really do not have anything in order. They've charged Manchester City because they want to go out there and they want to make a statement. They think that we are guilty, and I imagine Man City's response will be the same as what we said to UEFA, which is 
prove it. What have we done wrong? Where's your evidence that we've done any wrongdoing? Now, they may ask Man City to say, uh, have you got any evidence to suggest that you're innocent? Manchester City is going to very strategically just say, uh, we're waiting to be shown proof that we've cheated or we've done something wrong. And I'm not entirely convinced the Premier League have evidence of that. The only thing they've got, they're basing it on these leaks that have come out, um, which could be hacked, uh, altered documents, which... Can it be used as evidence? Can it not? I don't know. I'm not a lawyer, so I don't know what direction it's going to go in. But Man City's stance from it is they're confident that they're innocent. They're confident that there's no wrongdoing. And whilst that's the stance from the club, I have no reason to doubt the club because our owners have done wonderful things for the community. They've done wonderful things for Manchester City Football Club. So I'm not going to sit here and, and, and bash them and say that they've done anything wrong when I've only ever seen them do good things for Manchester City and I firmly believe I'm not sure if you're going to agree with me on this but I just feel like there's a lot of agendas being ran in the Premier League what we like to call the Premier League cartel the likes mm -hmm. of Manchester United <coughs> Liverpool Arsenal they're the ones that are pulling the strings they don't like Manchester City challenging and winning things they don't like Everton uh, wanting to get into a new stadium and make themselves better so they try and do everything in their power politically to try and belittle us, to put us down, to to, to make to basically turn the agenda against us, to make, very much make it an isolated case where you feel like it's you against everyone else. And you ended up like with that, that now, siege yeah. mentality. You ended up with that siege mentality. You use that as motivation for this season. You won't get relegated. You'll end up having a very good season because of it. And I really hope Everton continue to push and challenge uh, the... Uh, what the Premier League have said about you because it, to me you've admitted that you've done something wrong and they've ended up making an example of you which to me I didn't think the 10 point it's very harsh it wasn't fair they're not being fair and it's your right to then say well we're not happy about this so we're going to make a statement about this and the same will come for Manchester City as well. We won't be the only ones. We're not the only ones to challenge the Premier League establishment. Mm -hmm. Chelsea, they're, they're coming. Tottenham Hotspur, they're also not very well liked. They'll end up being in the same situation as us as well. So it's all about if things do come your way, it's how you take it in your stride and how you deal with that. Uh, we have 115 charges pending over us. We'll see what comes of it. I was very crystal clear on my live stream when they were speaking about this, that if they want to kick us out of the league and they want to send us to into the non-league, we'll have a great ride. We had a great ride in League One when we were down there and we were getting promotion uh, against Gillingham through the playoffs doing things the hard way. We had a great time when we was in the old Division 1. They want to kick us out of the Premier League. We'll have a great time too. It'll be a brilliant roller coaster. There's highs and lows in football. So I say, bring it on. So it's a brilliant way of looking at it from, from your perspective, from the Evertonian perspective. Financially, if we went out this league, I dread to think what would happen. We don't have what you have. We don't have the structure. We just don't. And no. the, guys, the guys who are taking over us now, They've just been approved by the FCA, so that looks like the final hurdle. They're not coming with the greatest reputation. The the seven 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 group. They they own multiple clubs, and they own, the the multiple club fan bases aren't happy with them. So another day in the life of being an Evertonian. My, my problem with the, with the severity of the charge, and again, link it to City, and I, and I don't want to put you in a bracket with Liverpool and United because I do agree with you that there is bias towards certain clubs. But I'll put City in with that a little bit. Um, 
I don't agree with, with the severity of the charge because when the six, the big six, in 2021 said that we're going to go to, we're going to branch off and we're going to form this closed shop European Super League with a number of other European clubs. And, and pardon my French, we don't give a shit what this does to the other 14. We're going as a six. Uh, the, your punishment for that was was £1.5 million. And that's fine, but the the statement that they said after it was the or, or was three million or something, and they actually said they did that because they didn't want to punish the supporters. The supporters protested against their clubs leaving the Super League. The supporters were the innocent party in this. Look at my club; we've been protesting against that board, trying to out that board, saying we don't trust them, that we don't like this board. They are hating our football club. The ten point deduction punishes the fans for me. It does. Uh, it's, we're going back to that inconsistency. The, the, the mm. Premier League is so money-motivated, it's unbelievable. Them six clubs, when they decided that they wanted to pull away and kind of break away from football, should all six of them, including Manchester City in that, because I was so unhappy that our great club decided to associate themselves with the potential destruction of English football, the pyramid, that core pyramid is what is the glue. It holds football together in this country. It's what makes football so great. So the fact that they were, for money, willing to destroy that was a disgrace. All six of them clubs, including City, should have been chucked out of the league there and then as the punishment for it was, was my thoughts. Uh, they're not going to do that because there's just too much money in the Premier League. Yeah. People are going to watch them big six teams because mm -hmm. there's views coming in from all around the world. And at the end of the day, you see it with the kickoff tab. They don't care about regular match-going fans. They don't care about people going to the games. They care about people watching. They care about the sponsorship. They care about the money only. And it's sad. It's really sad. Yeah. Uh, you, you've seen the Evertonian reaction to it. All, all you have to do is, is watch, if Sky Sports allow it, you to see the the home ends at, at the United game that we had, where we had the corrupt logos. And I think mm -hmm. Sky Sports tried to cut as much of that out. I think because we're on TV again uh, this week against you, I think you, you're probably going to see a lot of that again, the Premier League anthem, similar to how you guys with the Champions League anthem, it's booed. Yeah. They, 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 yeah. So it's boo that anthem. <laughs> There's lots of banners saying corrupt. It's going to be a hot atmosphere. I've said there that I think it's not a bad time to play City. The reason I'm saying that is new. There's so many things for me. Sometimes I'll just say that, oh, there's one thing. They've got Haaland's out. But I think there's lots of little things. I think injuries have hit you hard at the moment. I think the fact that results went your way yesterday in a strange enough way helps Everton because this is it's not as important for you to win as it would have been had you gone six points behind or seven points behind, wherever it could have been. And I also think the fact that you just played on the other side of the Wales helps Everton as well. Would you agree with any of those things? Uh, I'd probably agree with all of them things. We'd Man City have done nothing but party since they've become <clears throat> world champions. They'll have mm. celebrated, uh, they'll have come back from Saudi Arabia, there'll be a bit of jet lag. They're more than likely going to have a couple of recovery days. They'll spend time with the family over Christmas uh, and then they'll probably have maybe one, if we're lucky, two days of preparation for Everton. So I imagine that City, with that being said, are, are probably just going to go with near enough the same team that we've been playing at the Club World Cup, which means Jeremy Doku, and Haaland aren't going to play in this game. And you're probably going to see City go 
I'm not sure if we'll start Alvarez or not. We may go with the extra midfielder and put Phil Foden up top, which is what we went with against uh, Urara, and it completely dominated that game. I'm talking there were 76, 77% yeah, possession. They were created to no opportunities in the game. And as long as we put one away, we controlled that game right from minute one right through to the last minute. And that's something we've really struggled with in the Premier League. That Sometimes you just have to find the back of the net once and you've just got to believe and back yourself that you can keep the clean sheet, that you can see out a 1-0 win. And once we're capable of hitting them 1-0 wins is when I'll sit here and I'll say, we're now in a title race and we're ready to challenge right at the very top. Because right now, all I'm concerned about is we're fifth. I don't want to be fifth. Fifth, maybe, means we don't get Champions League football next season. I want to be in the top four, get that signed and sealed, try and catch Aston Villa up in third. Once we get there, assess again, because we've still got Arsenal to play at the Etihad. We've got to yeah. go to Anfield to play yeah. Liverpool. We've got to play them again. We're under pressure, but uh, business end of the season, second half of the season, City, for some strange reason, seem to absolutely thrive on a challenge. But we have to make make sure we're not in a position that we've got too much to do. So this game against Everton is massive. We drop points here because I, I think we're looking at, I'm not sure if you'll agree, but I reckon we're looking at 85 points might win the Premier League, looking at what the yeah, averages and where yeah. Arsenal are at. So we're currently sitting on 34 points. We need 51 points uh, from our remaining games. We've got 21 games left to play. We need 17 wins. 17 from 21 is a tall order. We are capable of doing it. We've done it before. We've made short work of it before. And I'm not sitting there saying overconfident and arrogant about it. I've seen City do it before. But that's Manchester City at their very best, with yeah. their best players available. We don't have Gundogan anymore. De Bruyne is not going to be back till probably the end of January. So these games between them till we get Kevin De Bruyne back are massive. And what we don't want is that gap at the top to be 9, 10, 11 points. Because Arsenal, uh, although some City fans may disagree with me on here, I think they are a brilliant team. They'll be very hard to catch uh, if we let them get too far ahead. They fell uh, short last season. Uh, they just didn't have what it uh, took in the business end of the season to destroy the machine of Manchester City. But, you know, you give them an extra uh, three, four points, comes very different. Uh, and they know that we've got to go to Spurs Stadium and Anfield, which are two grounds we don't normally win at. So yeah. it, it becomes very difficult. <coughs> these are these are must-win games, even at this still early stage of the season, as far as I'm concerned. It, it pains me to say pains me to say but i actually think your, your main rivals are the red sides of my city I, I i just think if they get ahead with their manager and their mentality i think i think arsenal like they've done last season they sort of said Shit, now now we're here how do we finish how do we get over the line and they bricked it i don't think you'll have that problem yeah so you've saved many of my summers in the past few years i'm begging you to save another one <laughs> i think I, I it's it, I, I don't think it's too early to tell I, I think you've just got to take things game by game and at the moment our focus just has to be trying to get back into the top four overtake Tottenham, mm. try and catch aston villa up and go from there because liverpool have got uh they've, they've got no mo salah for january because it's at the african, african nation Asian, yeah. so uh, we don't we don't know uh how liverpool are going to cope without him uh they may uh drop off and uh you know uh, two or three disappointing results all of a sudden. Because we've had it, you know, one win in six games. We've only lost one of them six games, but just one win in six games, we've gone from being top of the Premier League to fifth. 
in what six weeks so it, it does happen um so well I, I i always say february is a good time to to assess and see where where we're at liverpool have got the advantage of they're not in the champions league so at any point if they think we want to really go for the premier league they can just put out uh, a weakened reserve team and make sure they get out of uh, the Europa League and think, we don't want this. We want to focus on the Premier League. Arsenal, they've uh, not got that experience in the Champions League. They make it past FC Porto in the last 16. Uh, it becomes a very busy April time for them. Manchester City, we've been there, done that, worn the T-shirt. We've got to yeah. the quarterfinal of the Champions League. For the last few seasons, we know what it takes. We know how it takes to be playing Real Madrid, for example, on a Tuesday night and then facing Arsenal on a Saturday and then facing Real Madrid again and getting positive results from all them. Mm -hmm. We know what it takes. We've done it. Arsenal haven't. Liverpool have got that advantage that they at any point can just say, we don't want the Europa League. We want to focus on the Premier League. It's all about the results between now and then. And I said, from our point of view, we just can't afford to be too far behind. Yeah. This game coming up, last time we spoke was in May with the, the game at Goodison, with mm -hmm. where City came out winners 3-0 um, on, on a day and, and very, very dominant, probably because of upped gears again if they if you really wanted yeah. to. But I think at that time of the year, you, you, were, you were pulling away from Arsenal and you were in such a, it felt like a natural natural steam train where it's you a, didn't even have to get it's into the yeah. It's so difficult to stop. I remember speaking yeah. to uh, an Arsenal fan last season about it and said they were speaking with the Liverpool fans and said that they've never been up against such a well-oiled machine before. Manchester City, once they get going at that business end of the season, if you give us even an ounce to go at for the Premier League, it will be relentless and it becomes so difficult to stop us. You've just got to not give us the chance. And while we're in... Not great run of form. It's so important for the likes of Liverpool, Arsenal, Aston Villa are up there, so I'm going to put their name out there as well. Mm. It's so important that they get these wins. And I think this weekend has been the perfect weekend. We're club world champions and we've seen Villa, Arsenal and Liverpool drop points. Very happy with that, but it's pointless if we don't beat you guys on Wednesday. I think it's going to be a different game to what we had in May, which is which is where I'm trying to oh, go definitely. with it. I, I think definitely the, the Everton, the Everton Football Club, and I, and I say the club as players, manager, and fans that you came up against in May is a very different football club to what you you're going to come up against now. I, th I think we just beat Brighton and we pulled out of the zone, and we knew that we had Wolves and Bournemouth, and we, if we beat Wolves, got positive results against Wolves and Bournemouth, we'd stay up, and, and we sort of. Went into the city game thinking, okay, well, it's worth a try, but it's not going to kill us. And the atmosphere was quite flat when you went ahead. I think now what's happened to, to my football club is that siege mentality of it's us versus the world. And I think if you go one nil up on, I don't even know what day twenty seven is going to be on Tuesday. Is it? If you go one nil up, I don't think it's as simple as as you guys will then coast it and we'll go in our shell. I think. Everton are still going to be a threat in, in that game. And that's what I mean. It's going to be different. Everton have gone behind many times this season. I watched the Tottenham game yesterday. We went 2-0 down and we should have won the game. And I think City have shown some fragilities in, in going ahead and then letting teams back in. Do you feel it's going to be a very different Everton to what you played in May? Yeah, definitely. It's, as you said, it's that siege mentality. It's that motivation. Motivation goes a long way in football. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember walk uh, doing the city stadium tour and uh, there's a quote written on the wall there 
that hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Yeah. And that's where Everton are. I think you'll agree that pound for pound City squad's got more talent. But if it's not motivated, it's not working, and it's not working hard, then if Everton turn up with that motivation and that never-give-up attitude, then there's every chance you take something away from this game. And I, I think the first goal in this game is absolutely massive. I can see if Everton grab the first goal, pressure goes on to City, heads start to drop. And I'm not entirely convinced from what I've seen so far this season that we've got enough about us to turn that around. I really hope I'm wrong with that, but I've just not seen it enough on that consistent basis. And the thing that concerns me most is we are more than capable of taking the lead, but we just keep blowing leads. Mm. We just keep conceding goals, silly goals, simple goals. The defensive performances in the Premier League has been very poor for Manchester City and Everton are going to take confidence from that. Uh, I think you'll be looking at City, high line. You'll be thinking, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, get him onto the ball as quickly as possible. Have him running at that shaky high line of Manchester City. See if he can cause some problems. Put some good set pieces into the box. Test Manchester City. Have some shots at Edison. Your crowd's going to be well up for it. Everton have got to be well up for it as well. This, to me... Is a very difficult game. I look at Everton. I don't think uh, you're 16th, aren't you, in the Premier League at the moment? Yeah, well, I don't four look points, at Everton four as points a, clear with the game in hand. I don't look at Everton as a, a relegation team. I look at them as they've been harshly treated by the Premier League. They should have an extra 10 points, which should see you right now be in 10th place. Yeah, which means we're facing a top half team away from home. Which mm-hmm. means to pick up points and pick up a win, we have to be at our very, very best. Anything below, we drop points. Yeah, I'm going to get um, that. That is going to be the real, by the way. That, I, was, I was thinking that's going to be the social media real. I'll put out <laughs> so you absolutely smashed it. <laughs> and we'll my, I'll give you my prediction. I'll ask for yours and then we'll, we'll go and get some eggnog. Goodison Park is on fire at the moment. I can see Manchester City with the class that you've got starting the game very, very well. I can see you going your front. I can just see fragility is coming in, the crowd going on fire. I can see Everton equalising and I'll go with 1 1. What's your prediction? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with, I've got two predictions. So my um, gut instinct is City win this game 2-0. I think Alvarez scores first half and we mop it up later in the second half as you try and come <coughs> forward. I'm going with a Phil Bowden second goal. I think if Everton score first, 2-0 Everton. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm going to put the link to this, uh, to your channel, in the description. Uh, what, what we do is, is we hashtag, hashtag certain things. So, so you may find, if someone's in a YouTube hole tonight with the eggnog and the shortbread, that you may get some, some new followers, and we hope you do. But if they're watching now, it's the JSGC Mad City Fan Channel. Do you want to tell them what you're about and what you've got coming up? Yeah, no problem. Got lots of uh, content coming up for you guys to enjoy. Um, I've recently started a couple of new series. Uh, so... Predominantly just Manchester City covered, so I'll cover uh, previews to the games. Um, if I'm at any of the matches, I'll do match vlogs. If not, I'll do some uh, live stream watch-alongs, uh, doing match reactions after the game, giving some of my thoughts, uh, running a couple of new series. So the first one of the new series is I've been doing some Premier League predictions, keeping an eye on what everybody's doing in the Premier League. Uh, this is a very interesting league. Uh, so I've been doing lots of predictions on that, uh, where, where we uh, all just have a little bit of fun. Uh, and I've also started doing some uh, recent construction updates for Manchester City as well, uh, as we've got a new arena that's been built next to the Etihad mm-hmm. Stadium and we're going to be expanding the stadium 
uh, as well. And I'm a little bit of a construction nerd, so I love seeing things being built, including Everton's new stadium that I like to keep up to date with. Uh, so I've just been covering a little bit of the basis on what uh, the general thing is going on at the Etihad campus uh, as we're getting towards expanding the north stand and increasing the capacity to over 60,000 people. Yeah, really interesting video that I, I, I started watching that and I've, I've subscribed to the channel. It's really interesting to, to to see City get even bigger and you're going to be showing that through your channel as it happens. Yeah, as, as it happens. So over on Across the Park podcast, we are absolutely done for Christmas now. We, we finished our studio show last week. We've done the Tottenham preview. We've now done the City preview. We're probably going to do an instant match reaction after the game and then we're not. We're going to have a week or so off, I think. So... Happy Christmas to everybody, <clears throat> every Manchester City fan who's watching. We wish you a happy Christmas as well. Please go and like, share and subscribe to this video. Both of our channels will be looking back at the City game ourselves. It's been great for you guys to keep up with us all year. We wish you and your family nothing but a happy, happy Christmas, happy new year. To you as well, my friend, thank you for coming on the channel. And I'll just say I do no hope your Christmas has a little dip on the 27th. <laughs> thank you very much uh, yeah i wanted to thank everybody for tuning in uh wishing everybody a wonderful and prosperous christmas as well and thank you very much for having me on here see you guys soon